our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz. We are doing an emergency, unplanned summer bonus episode um, because if you guys haven't heard, well, then where the hell have you been? Um, Texas and OU have decided to, uh, well, it was leaked by someone else, but they've decided to explore the, uh, the possibility of moving over to the SEC. And of course, this has huge ramifications for Kansas. Um, if, if it sounds a little different, I don't have my normal recording set up because this happened while I was um, otherwise engaged with my normal job. So, but uh, to, to help me kind of break this down and kind of talk about what we've been hearing and then what we think, um, you know, like what the implications of this is, I have Mike Vernon joining us again. Uh, Mike is the KU hearings guy that you guys, you know, love on Twitter. We had him on obviously for recruit or for the, the, the coaching search previously. Um, Mike, I didn't think I was going to be talking to you this or this quickly again after that for some sort of like rumor slash what can you, you know, what do you have your ear to the ground for? But how are you, how are you doing tonight, Mike? Yeah, unfortunately for you, you have to talk to me here in the middle of summer. Uh, I'm doing well. I just can't believe this is happening now. Yeah, that's that's the big surprise, and um, I think it caught quite a few people off guard. Oh gosh, yeah, I would say more than just quite a few. Like it literally caught everybody off guard. And of course, as we're finding out tonight. Um, you know, this being the night that, that the rest of the Big 12, you know, Sands, Oklahoma and Texas decided to have a meeting and Bob Bullsby put out a, uh, a statement. It caught the Big 12 completely off guard as well. Everyone except for Oklahoma and Texas. I don't know. And this was kind of something we were talking about a little bit before. I don't think that anybody is surprised that this was happening. I think it was more that they were surprised at the timing of it, because yeah. I'm going to be honest. There's been rumblings about Oklahoma being unhappy about like game times with the Fox schedule, you knew that, you know, something was potentially going to happen because, you know, Fox and ESPN didn't want to talk about re-upping the, the media deal. 
Like there was a lot of rumblings about stuff that was building, but I don't think anyone quite expected Oklahoma and Texas to kind of jump the gun here and do it four years prior to, you know, the expiration of the guarantee of rights. Um, So, or I'm sorry, the granting of rights. So I guess really the question is like, were you as shocked as I was to hear this news coming out yesterday, yesterday being Wednesday? I was shocked to hear it yesterday. That's, that's the thing in, I tweeted this quite a bit um, during the 80 hiring process, the athletic director hiring process, the hiring committee at KU. I believe that the powers that be were very aware that conference realignment would be an issue. They knew this was coming down the road, as we kind of said, maybe toward the end of that contract, toward 2025, 2023. Uh, so, yeah, this is a Dunner, and I think a lot of people in every athletic department were scrambling yesterday, every Big 12 athletic department, uh, to be a fly on the wall would be pretty fun. So, look, Travis Goff, KUZD, was hired with this in mind. Definitely. There's no question about that. Uh, though I, th- I think uh, the, the folks who hired him would have liked him to have a little more time under his belt. Uh, right. Hey, welcome to Kansas. Hire a coach and uh, figure out the future of <laughs> the entire university. Yeah, I mean, it it, it it seems to me like the expectation was they probably had a year or two before something like this was going to happen because you knew that if Oklahoma and Texas were going to leave, that you know it was going to be after this next media deal that they would want to have a little bit of time to kind of figure out where they were going. And I mean, I, I think everyone kind of assumed that. Texas was either going to go independent or was going to find, you know, somewhere to jump. Um, I think a lot of people thought they would go to a conference where they could like bully people. <laughs> like they were trying to do, or like they have been able to do successfully for the big 12. Um, but Oklahoma, like I had no idea where Oklahoma was going to go. I could have seen them trying to jump to the big 10, the SEC, like anywhere. And they probably could have had their pick of anywhere. Um, you know, it does seem like there was uh, some additional information coming out talking about how Oklahoma and Texas consider themselves a block for the purpose of realignment, which I was a little surprised by. Um, but it's not really that surprising once you kind of think about it. Like there's a lot of reasons why they would want to do that. But I do think everybody involved, um, I mean, like literally everybody involved thought that we had at least another year or two just because of timing. And, you know, the way that the guarantee of rights works, like theoretically, Oklahoma and Texas could jump. And unless the rest of the conference dissolves, they are going to have to, like they're going to give up basically all revenue that they're going to get for their rights. And, oh, by the way, the SEC would not be able to get any of their rights for any of their home games. Like, that's the way that it works. So, like, all the home football games that are at Oklahoma or at Texas belong to the Big 12 in terms of broadcast rights. So, theoretically, if the Big 12 really wanted to, they could bury it somewhere. <laughs> like, in one of those, like, they could be super vindictive about that if they really wanted to. But I imagine there'd probably be some sort of financial settlement where basically – they, you know, the Big 12 would give up those media rights for gigantic paydays related right. to this. No, no, th- there's going to be a huge financial windfall for the Big 12 schools who stay. Um, now, I still think it would be short-sighted for any any school to stick around in order to get that uh, huge right. payout. That's that not is the reason away. you stick around. Right. That, that might make it more palatable to try to make the Big 12 work, knowing that there's going to be huge payments there if you think there's a viable long-term plan for the big 12 to be successful. Um, but yeah, if it doesn't look like there's a viable long-term plan, that's going to be successful or at least as successful or put you in the same ballpark as potentially what your realignment options are. Um, 
you know, then yeah, it doesn't make sense to kind of stick around in a Big 12 that is definitely going to be less valuable once Oklahoma and Texas are gone. Um, I mean, who are like what what schools when they travel sell out games? It's Texas and Oklahoma. There's the financial implications of this are, are just massive. We're talking oh, yeah. Yeah, 10, for sure. 20, 30 years down the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, theoretically though, like the Big 12 could could theoretically invite teams like Cincinnati and Memphis, like teams that were kind of fringe in the consideration for power five, keep their power five designation and try to give it some time to see if it would work before jumping. But the question then becomes, you have to worry, you know, does that mean that the big 10, you know, four years from now, when you finally decide, no, it's not going to work. Is the big 10 still going to be coming for a team like KU or or any of the other teams that are in the big 12 now? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're playing, so you're playing with fire. Yeah. So, so I guess really, like, I guess that that's my main question for you is, do you think it's possible that the Big Twelve could put a viable conference together based off of the way the landscape is right now? So, I think the Big Twelve powers believe they can. I don't know that the normal fan is going to believe that that it's a true power conference. You know, John Kirby reported today. Or, or he kind of mentioned, you know, the Big 12 can add a couple of schools, like you mentioned, a, a Memphis, Cincy, Houston, SMU, USF, UCF. Those BYU, are all- something like that. Yeah, sure. I mean, they've got lots of options. But So those are, those are likely targets. But I just think that's wishful thinking in, in a, as, a, as a Big 12 fan, viewer, someone, you know, the majority of my life, like that, that sucks. If you're in charge of the university of Kansas and that's what you hear is coming. You know, I, I don't think you stay put. I don't think that that is what you believe puts you in the best position long-term. And that's what I'm trying to think of. If I'm Travis Goff, uh, if I'm the chancellor, what am I thinking? Um, in, in it sure as hell is like, honestly, it's it, let's be proactive and get out if we can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's really what it comes down to is, you know, what other options are there? And, you know, I want to talk about some of the other implications as well, because there may be some things other than just like what's attractive out there that could prevent Kansas from leaving. But I guess the first question is, you know, everybody jumps immediately to the Big Ten, you know, as, oh, well, Kansas is going to get an invite to the Big Ten because they were, you know, they were were really close to inviting them last time. Um, You know, Kansas ultimately decided or was very, very, straightforward and wanting to stay with the big 12 you know I, I i had heard elsewhere and i had it confirmed by some other people that seemed to be in the know that it seems like bernadette gray little last time was so committed to the big 12 that she pretty much shut down any opportunity that kansas had of even exploring going somewhere like the big 10 i don't think we're going to see a similar sort of you know issue here i don't think the chancellor gerard um or travis goff is going to be you know upset with kansas going to the big 10 and be willing to shut it down at this point so, so I guess really the question is, I, I think it's a fairly straightforward and obvious statement that the Big Ten makes the most sense for Kansas. Um, so how likely do you think it is that Kansas is going to get a Big Ten invite? Like, is the Big Ten going to want to be looking to expand in a similar sort of timetable to what the SEC did? And, and if the Big Ten, you don't think it's going to be there, what other options do you think Kansas has? So, yeah, I think option one, option A, for Kansas is to go to the Big Ten. That is the most appealing on an athletic, a academic on both an athletic and academic level. And geographically, it, it makes sense. Um, so 
Yes, that's probably KU's first option. Is it the Big Ten's first choice? I'm I'm not sure. Um, you know, I've seen some stuff about maybe a Virginia, a North Carolina, two really very very good academic schools that maybe fit that profile a little bit better. Uh, I, I think there's there's a bigger thing here at play. There's a bigger story at play, uh, and that would be. Is the SEC going to stay an NCAA school if Texas and Oklahoma join? The SEC right. can probably dispatch, and I don't know what it what that looks like uh, if it becomes an independent league. Um, but the Big Ten that's going to cause some some reactions. Big Ten probably is going to want to scoop up some schools if that happens, and and try to have its own league. Uh, the NCAA essentially dissolves, at least for football. There's a lot of questions that I don't that, – that Well, and that becomes the other question. If they try to do something like that, where they, like, break off from the NCAA, would they be able to do that for just football? Or right. would they have to Correct. do that for everything? And if they is do – I mean, and is it as attra- – I don't think it's nearly as attractive if every single sport that they sponsor has to be done outside the NCAA umbrella. Maybe you could do something with basketball. Um you know, I think there's a few other sports like maybe baseball um, is big enough down there. Softball is big enough. I think but those are really the only ones where you could break out of the NCAA structure and have it be even somewhat successful. Correct. Because that's the other problem is that the way that the NCAA, the, the, the way the NCAA is usually set up is that you cannot play non NCAA institutions. Right. And and like or you could play them as an exhibition. So there's huge restrictions on how often you can play them, which means that if the SEC goes it alone for all their programs, they're basically just playing each other in every single sport that they have. And that's going to be a problem, especially for some of the sports that are sponsored that are no longer, you know, that, that the SEC doesn't actually sponsor. You know, I'm thinking of things like rowing and, right. and other stuff, but like some of these smaller ones that some of the schools are really proud of what they do there, but if they don't have a home for them, they're going to have to either not offer them anymore or they're going to have to find some sort of creative solution to keep them in the NCAA, at least partially. Yeah. Let's say it's just football or, or for KU fans sake, football and basketball, which I think is right. makes sense. Then, then you can have some crossover maybe with some, you know, a, a big 10 it's, it's like these Euro super league teams, uh, you know, big 10 and sec playoff, you know, they can do whatever, whatever the hell they want. So I, I think this is, I think this needs to be looked at and examined uh, or, or I just think that's very possible. Other, other scenarios for KU, let's say plan A is the big 10 plan B. Let's say that the big 10 goes and plucks two ACC schools. Maybe KU goes to the ACC. I think with basketball that fits, it brings some new television sets. Um, I don't think that's totally far-fetched. The other thing, Jim Phillips, um, ACC commissioner, was Northwestern's previous athletic director, him and Travis Goff. I, b- I believe Jim is probably helping Travis Goff through this. Yeah, uh, that's something that I've kind of picked up on. Uh, people who in the know seem, seem to think that he is import, an important figure. So I don't know if that means like he is going to the ACC, if he's just giving advice of like, hey, this is, this is what's actually happening. Or if he can also help with the Big Ten, uh, he, that's a really good guy to have in your back pocket. The other thing is KU is an AAU accredited school. It's one of like 64 right. universities. 
the Big Ten and the Pac-12 particularly care about that. I was told that KU is in good shape because of those, because of that fact with with the Pac-12 and Big Ten, which made me think, reading between the lines, KU is probably looking at the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12. I feel like KU is being very proactive. Uh, So I I view that, you know, I guess ACC or Pac-12 as plan B, plan C, stay, stay put, stay in the Big 12, bring in some worse schools and just kind of run it out, see how it goes. Uh, Plan B or plan D, uh, sorry, is the Big 12 uh, not getting its shit together and collapsing and KU ends up in like the Mountain West with uh or the yeah, I think they go American before Mountain West. But yeah, still, like the same general idea, going to one of those. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that KU is in a unique position and all the people that are left in that I honestly think that they would be very attractive to multiple conferences. Yes. Yeah. Like to yeah. three different conferences. Like for example, I think I think of the power five conferences that are remaining, like Texas Tech is only is only potentially attractive to Pac-12. I don't even know how viable that is, but like that's the only one that even makes a little bit of sense. And that's only because you know, they were looking at going over to the Pac-12 with Oklahoma and Texas, right, right, the first time. Um, You know, I've heard rumors that, like, Iowa State and Kansas State theoretically are being looked at by the Pac-12, but I I don't know that that necessarily works. Um, Iowa State is probably the one that has potentially, you know, after KU probably has the most possibilities because I think, like, they're a natural geographic fit with the Big 12. Um, they are they are also AAU accredited. The only two Big 12 schools that are AAU accredited after Oklahoma and Texas leave um, would be KU and Iowa State. So I've heard a lot of people talking about maybe KU and Iowa State going together to the Big Ten. I don't know if the Big Ten wants another Iowa school or not. Iowa um, doesn't want another Iowa school. Well, I'll yeah, Iowa right does. Now. But, but Iowa's, as we're finding out with Texas like A&M, yep. right, as right. we're finding out with yeah. Texas A&M, though, if you're the only – like if the only reason you don't want it is because you're the only school in your state and everyone else is like, no, it's fine, like we don't care – it's not going to get you very far. So like, unless Texas A&M is able to pull that off, <laughs> I, I don't know that Iowa's going to have a lot of weight because Iowa's not one of the heavy hitters right. of the conference. No, here's, here's one thing I was specifically told. One of my hearings is that KU does not care. You know, last time it was like, what are they going to do? Do they have to stay with K-State? KU does not care. They know that they were nearly left at the altar last time. And a lot of people maybe kind of look at that with revisionist history. Things would have been okay. I don't think that was really the case. I think that was nearly a a truly disastrous spot for KU. Yeah. So they are being very proactive. KU sees the writing on the wall and they know they are not going to go to the goddamn Mountain West or AAC. This is a proactive situation right now. Right. So what I had heard last time, I know the legislature was making it specifically difficult last time because they basically told Kansas because of the way things were set at that time, everyone thought, you know, it was all related to television markets and, you know, TV sets and things like that. And um, it was a lot less of a wild west scenario back then because you you had blocks of teams that were leaving. And so everyone was thinking about, well, who else can we team up with? Go together. So the, the thought there was that Kansas and Kansas State had to go somewhere together. And I think it was so fresh off of Kansas losing their rival to Missouri that, and Bernadette Gray Little was so adamant about you know keeping that with with Kansas State that it made a lot of sense at that point that they weren't going to push it. Um, but like you said, the problem is in terms of realignment, Kansas State is a bunch of dead weight. 
and I know that they hate to hear it. And I mean, they already hate me enough as it is, so I don't mind saying <laughs> it here. Um, you know, it's one of those things where the only thing that Kansas State has in terms of selling itself is that they're a better football program than Kansas. Like, that's literally the only thing they have to sell. Yeah, but even then, they, uh, no TVs. And right. if you're, let's say you're Iowa, if you're Michigan. Yeah, who wants Kansas to go to State, Manhattan? Dude, not only that, if Kansas State comes into town, that, that's not a hot ticket for football. And right. neither is KU, but at least KU has basketball on that side, where K-State has neither. Right. It, it doesn't help in anything, like maybe slight football prestige. That's the only, only thing that well, I can so remember. Right. So, so the one thing I will say, though, is that I don't, I don't know that recent results is necessarily going to be a gigantic criteria in this realignment either. Because and we all saw what happened with Nebraska last time in the Big Ten. They fell off because the rest of the foundation of what they were trying to do was not sound. And like Nebraska had some issues. Um, one of them being a mini Texas syndrome and that they, you know, have a, a much higher self self sense of importance than they probably were justified based off of the, you know, the way that their, their program would run. But it really comes down to, I think that, you know, Kansas state doesn't have a TV market. They don't have a lot of people in the area, but they don't have, I mean, they don't have a big fan base that extends outside of their area either. So it's not like you're going to have gigantic Kansas State alumni groups in big areas right. inside the Big Ten footprint. Right, Kansas, not like Kansas and Chicago, right, yeah. Right, Kansas has Chicago. You know, Kansas has a lot also nationwide. So it's not just, you know, like, like Kansas has a ton of alumni groups that are down in Texas. There's, there's a big one out in Arizona. There's a couple out in California Correct. I know of. Yep. Like they have huge alumni groups all over the country, which that in and of itself is attractive because then it gets more eyeballs from around the country on the Big Ten because they come with Kansas. Kansas State doesn't have any of that. And so it's one of those things where, like, you have to look at more than just on-field results. You have to look at more than just, like, number of TVs there. But, like, Kansas State can't even claim the Kansas City market. They're, they're an afterthought in the Kansas City market behind Kansas first and then Missouri second. So it's just like, you know, that doesn't really bring much. And if you get Kansas, then you don't need Kansas State to bring you any, you know, you don't get this and give you any additional toehold. And so it's one of those things, like, Kansas is definitely going to be the first invite of the Big 12 or from the Big 10 if any of the Big 12 schools get an invite. Yeah. The question then becomes, do they take another one? I don't think if they take another one, it's Kansas State. I think Iowa State's the most likely. And that's no matter where they go. Like, the only thing I could – like, last time Kansas was looking at potentially getting in the ACC – with Kansas State, because it was a package deal and the ACC was getting desperate to find somebody. Like the ACC was trying to keep up with everyone. They're not in that position now where I think they feel like they have to keep up unless the SEC does what we were talking about, breaks off from the NCAA entirely. Then I think you're going to see the Big Ten try to push the 16 teams and do the same thing. And maybe the ACC and Pac-12 will try to do it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. That would would be complete chaos at that point. And it, it would be hard. I can't imagine KU getting left out of one of those big four. Right. If you have an SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12. What, if the Big Ten raids some of the ACC schools, it's a little less fun. Either way, you know, I think these are all good solutions. And look, if it's – so Texas and Oklahoma are gone. I, I don't think that's crazy. Like, that's happening. Yeah. Uh, and so – I just think it's a failure if KU ends up in a in a Big 12 with Memphis and Cincinnati instead. Like that, you know, 
I don't know that they'll have other options, but that's, that is not your A or B plan. It just right. can't be, even if they sell it as, you know, who cares at this point? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Protect basketball at all costs is what is going to happen for Kansas. Yep. Yep. Speaking of Kansas basketball, before we wrap up, I did just want to go ahead, uh, plug, you know, here at the Rock Chalk Podcast, we are official media sponsors for Devontae Graham's uh, youth basketball pro camp that's coming up on August 4th. So if you guys haven't already, I know that there still are some registrations open last I checked with them. Um, if you go to DevonteGrahamCamp.com, you can sign up your youth uh, grades 1 through 12. You know, it's, it's really great opportunity. You're going to have an opportunity for your student to be able to get coached by local high school and college coaches, along with Devontae Graham being there to help work with the kids too. So it's absolutely fantastic. If you use promo code ROCKCHALK, you can save 10% on your registration. So go to DevonteGrahamCamp.com. Um, but Mike, before we get out of here for the night, well, was there, what is, I guess, like, I think we, we've already kind of talked about, it seems like we're fairly optimistic that KU is going to be okay. Um, and so I, I think like, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I don't think this is the end of the world for Kansas. I think that Kansas is going to have a decent opportunity to go somewhere that they, you know, would be happy with long-term. I guess really the question is what else, like what else about this entire scenario concerns you? Or I think also the really fun question is who do you think of the big 12 schools is the most screwed by this situation? <laughs> uh, that is one thing I have not thought about. Okay. So yeah, I think I think KU, the people I've talked to are pretty adamant KU will be okay. Here's the the truth is probably KU has no idea if it's going to be okay or not right now. This has happened fast, um, like we were saying at the beginning. So that's that's the full circle thing is that this is just not clear yet. And I guarantee right. you, everyone is trying to figure it out. Um, my understanding is that KU is is being a really aggressive, proactive party which gives me faith from a leadership perspective. Um, so, so I think that is uh, certainly a good start, uh, I think, for, for KU. Um, how this plays out, you know, I just cer- certainly hope that uh, – <laughs> I don't know. I, I certainly I, – I hope KU ends up in the Big Ten or, or ACC, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's think about which Big 12 team is the most screwed. This is a really, really funny question. Um, so who's definitely not? So Oklahoma State, I think, is in a similar position to KU. It sounds like they, they've been pretty – they're being proactive as well. Um, you know, I look at Texas Tech. They've, they've got a big enrollment, uh, not, not AU accredited. That doesn't help – decent athletics i have no idea what's going to happen with west virginia i mean i think West Virginia is not in a good spot right west virginia definitely has some big east acc situation yeah i I mean like they could go american and football if they absolutely had to but i do think they have a decent shot of getting invited to acc especially especially if the big 10 poaches from the acc i think west virginia becomes one of the first people they call right I think that makes sense. I don't know what the hell happens to Baylor and TCU, the religious schools. Uh, that can be a little bit tricky, though they they have a lot of money behind them. At least Baylor does. 
So something tells me that Baylor will be okay. What it? I mean, K State. If Kansas leaves the Big Twelve and does not take K State with it, what's left of the Big Twelve is a shell, and like that's going to be boring for K State. But maybe they'll they'll be more competitive. <laughs> and oh yeah. Like, so like they're, they're in a decent State, spot to, I think, to compete. Like, I think K State is the team that's most likely to get left out and yeah. not like partner up with anyone else and end up in somewhere like the Mountain West or the or the American. Yeah, it seems like Kansas State looking at it, like everyone else has some kind of fit or or at least political sway with them. You know, I yeah, know I would be worried about TCU. Baylor. If, like if yeah. I'm a Baylor fan, and I know some Baylor fans who are panicking right now. Like they think they can get in somewhere. They think maybe you know, like they at least have an yeah. option of going somewhere like the big east for basketball and doing like american for football like they have options of what they could do there but in terms of like trying to stay in a power five conference especially for football assuming of course that you know power five actually means something moving forward because who knows what other crazy stuff is going to happen but like like if that's if that's your assumption that they're trying to stay at that kind of power five type level conference um you know the teams that i would be most worried about would be baylor tcu and kansas state yeah. yeah, because okay. they don't have somewhere natural to go. They don't have a you know big enrollment that's helping them out. Um, the fact that Baylor won the national championship in basketball recently doesn't help them at all in any of this because nobody cares about basketball um, unless you're the Big East. Head. Yeah, and, I know. And, and unless you have like a a national brand, like that. right, 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 KU. right. That's that's what's going to help a little bit. I do I do hope that if KU leaves that K-State, they'll keep playing K-State. Uh, yeah, it's just, they will. Otherwise, you're, you're without Mizzou potentially in K-State, and that would, that would suck. I'm going to be honest. I don't miss games with Mizzou that much, but – and I've said that multiple times on this podcast and in other places. Um, you want to yeah. lose one, though. And no, no, right, right. I would be completely fine with K-State, and it's like, yeah, you're, they're in a similar situation where, like, it's not going to be the same. But to be honest, that rivalry is kind of weird anyway. Um, you know, I have to deal with a bunch of K-Staters anyway. I (laughs) have some some in my family as well. Um, you know, so that will always be there and I'm not necessarily that worried about that. That's one that would definitely kind of continue, I think in both cases, but, uh, but yeah, I I hope so. Yeah. I mean, so, so, I mean, I guess that really kind of brings us full circle. So ultimately I think what we, what we've concluded here is that we have no idea what's actually going to happen. But it sounds like Kansas is probably going to be okay because they have tons of options to pick from as long as they're proactively managing it and don't get K-State strapped to them, that, then I think we're going to be fine. And we'll still be, you know, having a, a decent team in a decent situation to talk about. Definitely, definitely. I do, think, I do think you're right. It is definitely also a rosy outlook with it. I think the most likely thing is probably the Big 12 staying together. I don't know. It's just... I keep saying that, and then I think if, if I were Travis Goff, what would I do? And it would be right. get, the the hell out. 12, get the hell the out. The Big 12 staying together is going to require everybody thinking that it's going to work long term. Because if like if Kansas leaves, there's no chance. There's just no way. If you know if Iowa State were to jump, there's no way. If yep. any of the schools that are now left in the Big 12 decide to leave because it's going to be better for them. I don't know how anyone else can hang on incredibly because you can probably replace two schools. I don't know that you can replace four. 
three is going to be tough. It's going to be like, tough. Yeah, like like BYU is one that I think a lot of people don't take seriously because of you know issues that they personally have with like the honor code that they have there and stuff like that. But BYU is a national brand. You're right. Hey, I mean, I am right. I'm LDS myself, and so I follow BYU. I you know enjoy watching their stuff. They are a national brand. Just because, actually, in some cases, they're an international brand. They because, are. You know, there's LDS people all over the world, and a lot of them affiliate with BYU in some fashion. And what? so it's it's a big opportunity for for the Big Twelve if they stay together to add a school like that to try to get some of that national brand back. BYU is is a really solid addition. One one thought about that over the top streaming platforms, basically live street sports streaming is going to matter. Yeah. I think in BYU brings a lot to the table there. Oh yeah. Uh, I think B- BYU fans will watch in, in large numbers. Um, and then that, I think this also helps KU's case basketball seven days a week rather than, you know, football, your, your Saturday OU is stuck, you know, 3 PM playing TCU behind, you know, the, the marquee SEC game, uh, KU can have its big Monday still. And I think that's a pretty good streaming cell uh, with yeah. less competition and, and more airtime. So that's also probably wishful thinking, but I, I was something I was kicking around today. Um, and, and I think BYU also fit, fits that kind of future of uh, sports, live sports. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, really some, well. there's definitely some logistics to work around. The fact that BYU doesn't play anything on Sunday. So that would affect some of the non-revenue sports. Sure. Sure. Um, but it's not something that's unworkable. I mean, the Big 12 generally, and that's why they normally are talked about as a good fit, is because for the most part, the Big 12 doesn't play games on Sunday anyway, except for like women's basketball and then that's right. Like, you know, baseball and softball. And you can work around that. So um, yeah, all right. Well, I mean, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yep. I think the general idea here is the sky is not falling, although it's definitely looking like there's some sort of storm it's coming. Stormy, yep, hundred percent. Right. There's some sort of storm coming. We're trying to batten down the hatches, you know, secure everything so the hurricane doesn't rip the house apart. But uh, it looks like right now we probably have a good path forward. It's just a matter of figuring out exactly what that's going to look like. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. If people want to. Uh, to catch on to your hearings and, you know, figure out what it is that you're hearing, where, where's the best place to follow you? Twitter at M underscore Vernon. That's V as in Victor, E-R-N-O-A, M Vernon, M underscore Vernon. Yep. Appreciate it. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please go out wherever you get your podcast with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there. Um, you can just search for Rock Chop Podcast so you can subscribe. Give us a rating and a review. Five stars, nice comments. We absolutely love it. If you subscribe, you'll get every episode as soon as it comes out, including these random emergency podcasts that we end up doing <laughs> because something really, really weird happens. So, um, but yeah, if you ever want to get in touch with me for any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want us to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Mike, thanks again for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast.
you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big Ten, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.